welcome once again to Raging and Eating. This is Rossi, better known as Chef Rossi. And how are you doing? How's it going? Well, here we are. And this is as I'm talking to you, as I'm talking, I'm a New Yorker, I'm talking to you. This is just um, at that perfect moment between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. What we call the days of awe. Or as a New Yorker, I would say awe. And it's kind of an intense time. And my Rosh Hashanah has been a little more intense than usual. So here's the deal. I got booked to cater a wedding a little while back. Really sweet, lovely, lovely couple. And the wedding was happening on the second night of Rosh Hashanah. So um, they wanted to know, you know, what did I think about that? And I didn't want to tell them, look, you know, I'm Jewish. I don't think you should get married on Rosh Hashanah. But, you know, I said, well, uh, what do your Jewish friends say? And they said, well, they're not religious and they all say it's okay, you know. So I thought about it and I said, well, listen, you know what? I always thought for me... The first night of Rosh Hashanah, I had to go to shul, and the first day, I had to go to shul. But the second night, quite honestly, I never went to shul on the second night. Um, so I think it's okay, you know. But I said, why don't we make up for it by throwing some Jewish stuff into the mix? So I think it was the groom um, was West Indian or Caribbean. And so, you know, they wanted to have some fun stuff, jerk chicken, mango chutney, all kinds of stuff I love to make. But I said, why don't we mix in a little Jewish stuff and then we'll really be kind of honoring the spirit of Rosh Hashanah. It's not a solemn time the way Yom Kippur is. It's the beginning. The books are open. Happy New Year. A new chance. Renewal. Excitement. So, you know, in some ways... It's not the worst thing to have a wedding on the second night. First night, I would be like, no way, Jose. But um, so I Jewished it up a little bit with the menu and came up with doing jerk chicken with mango chutney and Jewish brisket, Mama Goldstein's Jewish brisket, and latkes with applesauce, having challah with the bread, having babka with dessert, and rogalach you know, Jewished it up. So, but I was kind of feeling a little bit conflicted about the fact that even though I was going to attend services Friday night on Zoom and Saturday morning, I was then going to turn around and go cater the wedding. And I felt a little bit bad about it because I knew my mother wouldn't like it. You know, even though she's not here anymore, she's still very, very loud. You know, so there's that. But anyway, I was charging forward. And so a friend of mine came in from Canada for a visit, and she's, she's a great big personality, and she loves food. And so we had all sorts of adventures together, and um, we went to Economy Candy, which is like the best vintage candy store, except that now they cleaned it up and organized it and made it like proper and probably functioning better, but it's not nearly as fun. I liked it much more when it was a big giant mess with piles of candy anywhere. You know, sometimes when you clean up the mess, it's not as much fun. But I digress. Anyway, so I had some adventures with my Canadian friend, and she went back to Canada. And then I started putting together the wedding, started organizing and ordering and doing everything I had to do. 
and um, I guess it would be like Tuesday night, I get a text from my Canadian friend saying that she got back to Canada and she had a headache and she decided to test and she was positive for COVID. And I'm like, dear Lord, shoot me now. So now if you guys have been listening to my podcast for a while, then you know that I already went through this once before um, in 2022. And I thought that's it. I'm done, right? But evidently, maybe not. So of course I was totally freaked out and terrified, but I thought about it, you know, I don't kiss people since COVID. I, you know, I turn my head when they kiss me. You know, I try to be safe. I realize there's a surge, so I try to be careful. So I thought, you know, I'll be okay. And, but just, and then, you know, the next morning, Wednesday morning, I, t- I decided to test just in case. And I tested negative. Thank God, right? But I called ahead and I said, listen, I just discovered someone that I hung out with for a couple of days tested positive for COVID. So I'm going to wear a mask and COVID is surging. I would like everyone to wear a mask because I want to be very paranoid. Thank God, right? That's how I roll. So everyone in my kitchen put their mask on and I kept my mask on and I felt fine. But I said, you know what? I'm just going to conduct myself as if I'm going to get bad news in a day or two and just pray that I won't because I felt fine and everything was fine. But I ran around quickly doing all my sauces and marinades and everything I had to do and um, getting everything together and really made some gorgeous stuff. Well, anyway, um, late, sometime like four or five in the morning the next day, so I guess so I would say, you say late Wednesday night, four or five in the morning, Thursday morning, I started feeling like a bad headache and a kind of a funky feeling in my throat, like a little bit of a sore throat. And I was like, oh, uh uh-oh, you know. Anyway, I get up, and I take another COVID test, and this time it's positive. So I had two thoughts. One was, thank God I was paranoid and safe and kept everyone safe. But the second thought was, oh, no, you know, I really like this couple, and I really wanted to be there for them. And I really started feeling sorry for myself, you know, plus who the hell wants to get COVID, you know, it's not fun really. Anyway, and I think my friend in Canada felt terrible about it, of course, you know, I didn't want to make her feel bad, I didn't want to make anyone feel bad, but it was really upsetting um, all around. So um, I just went into plan B, delegating, and what I wound up doing was getting someone who works for me, a really lovely young man, who uh, is very talented and, and learning more every day, but I don't think I ever quite gave him the opportunity to really show what he could do. And so now we were in a, an emergency situation, and I needed him to step up and basically step into my shoes because I couldn't go back to the kitchen. I couldn't leave the house now. I had to isolate because I'm a good girl. And when you get COVID, you stay the hell at home and isolate. Okay. Don't go out and get people sick. It's not nice. So anyway, he stepped up and everyone stepped up. Siluffy, Manuelito, Jeremiah, Alicia, everybody stepped up. And so Friday night, 
you know, I did, I did wind up uh, getting sick, you know, I guess uh, late Thursday night and Friday, I started really feeling like I had a bad cold. And there's a lot of stigma around COVID, you know, it's sort of terrifying and it's emotional as all of this hazari. But the reality is I've had five booster shots, thank God. And it was like getting a bad cold. I had two bad days where I had a headache and a sore throat and a runny nose. It wasn't fun, but I've had bad colds my whole life, and so have you. So, And I stayed in, I kept everyone safe, and I attended all the services for Rosh Hashanah Friday night, Saturday morning. My staff was wonderful. They updated me constantly, calling and asking before they made decisions, sending me photographs. Jeremy constantly sending me photographs. Luffy, really just champions. And I got to attend Rosh Hashanah services Saturday night. I just felt like a good little Jew, right? Anyway, what was wonderful was that the food came out fabulous. All of the sauces and marinades I ran around making were great, but everything that my staff did without me was great. And they really, really rose to the occasion. And Jeremy really, I was so proud of him. He really flew and, you know, stepped up in a huge way. And everyone was so proud of themselves. The client was thrilled. Everyone was thrilled. It was just one of the most lovely, successful, fabulous weddings. And even my bartender said, they said that was like the best brisket they ever had at one of my weddings. And I'm like, wow. You know, of course, part of me was like, what do you mean? I wasn't there. What are you saying is the best? But it was the best. And I'm thrilled. Anyway, so here I am thinking, you know, it wound up being kind of an interesting learning experience. And if you hear me, I'm still a little sniffly. And I'm still isolating while I'm talking to you. Because now I'm, I guess, four days after testing positive, And I am not leaving my apartment until I test negative. I'm on strike. And I'm going to keep a mask on for 10 days. So here's the deal. I don't care what anyone says to you. If you get COVID, just stay away from people for five days. And then if you have to go out in five days, keep a mask on. You know, for another five days, you're still in the danger zone for 10 days. I don't care what anyone says. So if you have COVID and you're going out and mixing up with people and you know you have COVID, I think you should go to jail, honestly. That's my personal opinion because people die of COVID. And what if you give somebody COVID and then they die? Then you're like a murderer, right? So I'm trying to be a good little girl. So I've been staying home. And when I need a little sunshine going up on the roof, and my girlfriend Lila has been coming with food, I've been buzzing her in. She comes into the lobby, but she doesn't want to get within 20 feet of me. She's terrified. She, by the way, tested negative, thank God. And so did Salafi, and so did Sharmuffy, and so did all of my people are fine. And I'm really happy about that. And I learned that people who work for me can really, really, really step up. You know, like all I had to do was just trust. But in this case, they, I guess, what did they say? They knew that their leader, our leader is down and we've got to do honor her, I think, was what Salafi said. And they really did. And I'm really proud of all of them. So I don't know that anyone in my staff actually listens to my podcast, but, you know, if you do, I'm proud of you. 
I feel like a Jewish mother travailing all over the all over the place. And I also, you know, feel kind of like, was it divine intervention? I don't know. I, I don't think God wanted me to get COVID so I could attend Rosh Hashanah services, but it did seem a little weird. The other thing that was weird was just when I started my quarantining, my isolating, I got a delivery and um, UPS now, they used to bring it up to your door, but now they just forget it. All the nice stuff is out the window. They just leave it in the lobby. But the delivery was a box of books. And I went down with my mask on, I told you, good girl, got the books, took them up into my apartment, and it was the ARC. Now, I wasn't so savvy so long ago, I wouldn't know what an ARC was either. The advanced reader copy. My very first chance to look at my new book that's not coming out until April of next year, and you're going to love it. It's called The Punk Rock Queen of the Jews. I'm serious. You're going to love it. Anyway, to actually see it, you know, and this is the one that still has boo-boos in it, you know, a couple of spelling errors, grammar, stuff like that. But, I mean, it's it was gorgeous looking. It's a great, gorgeous cover. We used uh, an old shot of my high school yearbook photo kind of meshed into the cover. And so... After doing all the Rosh Hashanah stuff, I was home. I couldn't leave the apartment and feeling very tired. That was my greatest symptom of the COVID was extreme fatigue and feeling a little, maybe a little sad because I really wanted to be at that wedding and they really wanted me there and the staff really wanted me there. Feeling a little sad to not be there. Feeling a little sad to not be able to hug and kiss Lila. Um, Feeling very sad about some personal things I had to postpone, you know, but it's a little bit, um, mellow. And in a way, it was like just the right frame of mind to open my book and actually read it from cover to cover and chapter by chapter slowly. And I was able to separate myself. And I'm not saying I could read it like, um, as if I'd never written it, but I felt I had some distance that I could really appreciate it. And so I sat there. I have a reading chair, a leather chair with a lamp that I never sit in. I don't know why. And I turned on the lamp and I sat in the chair. I started reading my book. This is my story of what happened to me basically between the age of 16 and 19. Three years, the three most intense years of my life when I ran away from home and got kidnapped and sent for a little over two years to live with Hasidic Jews in Crown Heights, Brooklyn. I'm not going to tell you much more than that, except that it was the wildest, craziest, most terrifying, exciting, and horrifying, and wonderful, and scary time of my life. And there I sat, reading it chapter by chapter, And every time I finished a chapter, I sat with it and held it in my heart. And I thought a couple of things. I mean, the first thing I thought was, holy, well, I won't say the word, starts with an S, next, next, and then it ends with a T. How about that? Holy S ends in T, you know, 
this is really actually good. I mean, holy crap, you know. I know that's rude and sort of conceited, but I mean, I was really, I really thought, holy crap, it's really good. Um, and that made me happy. But the other thing was to read the story of this terrified little teenage girl that uh, when I was that terrified little teenage girl, I was just in survival mode, plowing through it. But now looking back, I kind of feel sorry for her. I have some sympathy for her. And I got to thinking, no wonder I have issues. No wonder I have a chip on my shoulder. No wonder I have fear of intimacy. No wonder, no wonder, no wonder, you know? Sort of like a, I guess if you want therapy, write a memoir and then read it. That'll be good therapy, even if no one publishes it. Just sit down and write it and read it, you know? Anyway, so it's been a very profound few days. I still have COVID, just getting through Rosh Hashanah. But I feel really touched and thrilled at the spectacular job that my staff did for me. I felt very moved by the Rosh Hashanah services. You know, the great rabbi, Rabbi Sharon Kleinbaum, she's an amazing rabbi, and she helped me come back to Judaism because I was feeling a little bit, eh, I wouldn't say anti-Semitic because I'm too Jewish for that, but a little traumatized by my Orthodox childhood. And through CBST, that's Congregation Beth Simchat Torah, and this amazing rabbi, I was able to kind of find my own inner Jew, one that worked for me, one that didn't care if you were white or black or gay or straight. CBST doesn't even care if you're Jewish, to tell you the truth. It's all about love. Anyway, she, it's her last Rosh Hashanah because she's retiring. So thank God I didn't miss it. And she gave some very powerful speeches. She's often very controversial. She takes up very, very tricky subjects, um, like defending the oppression of Palestinians. That's a tricky subject. It's very loaded because uh, there's Jews who feel very differently, you know, but she's brave. She she speaks from her heart. So more power to you, Sharon. Wherever you go, whatever you do, keep speaking from your heart. Even if it's not always popular, just keep saying your truth. So maybe that's the biggest lesson from all of this. First of all, you have to give people some trust and some faith so they'll step up. So I think I've been too much of a micromanager and I haven't been letting my staff grow and learn and evolve. And look at Jeremy. Jeremy, I'm going to make you listen to this, but look at this guy. He totally took off. It was like it's like watching a ballet dancer in, in air, you know, do one of those moves where they jump in the air. With, what the hell do you call it? The legs every which way? I don't know. But you know what I mean. Like, just a beautiful thing to see. And so Luffy, always a beautiful thing. She did a gorgeous buffet. And our great Barbara would be so proud. Anyway, just my heart is feeling kind of warm. And the services were so beautiful. And I got to read my book and feel sorry for my inner child or my inner punk rock teenager anyway. And my crazy cardinal serenaded me the whole time. I got Frank and Fred, who really is looking like Frankenstein Fred. And I got his girlfriend, of course, Franzilla, Fran Godzilla. And I discovered, I thought Franzilla was eating five or six times a day, and I thought, what a pig. But I discovered that they're feeding their babies nearby because I heard them. 
And the other thing I discovered is a couple of times when I thought it was Francella, it was actually her evil sister, Francesca. So there you have it. I am becoming the crazy bird lady of the East Village very quickly. And a few times I went up on the roof and I got some sunlight and it was glorious, even though there's a million bees and there's a bunch of wasps making a nest inside the hammock. And I don't know what the hell to do about that because I'm scared of them. So I'm just not going to deal with it. But still beautiful. I'm staying in the zone. So now I'm all about peace and love and forgiveness and goodwill and all like that. But I also think I got to talk about the fabulous food we did. So here was my deal, right? We've been making some fabulous barbecue brisket. And I have so many pints of this barbecue brisket sauce in my freezer. It's getting overloaded. And I knew I wanted to make a Jewish brisket. So I took eight quarts of it out of the freezer. And my plan was to put it in a pot and dump almost an equal amount of ketchup in it and a big, uh, what do you call it, like a um, number 10 sort of size can, but it's something, some, whatever, like a two-quart can of pineapple juice in it and some apple cider vinegar and some brown sugar and make a great sweet and sour Jewishy sauce for the brisket. But of course I was home with COVID, so I asked Jeremy to do it. He did it, he did it perfectly, came out great. Manuel tasted it because Manuel's the meat man came out great and so we got this kind of sweet and sour brisket and we cooked the brisket in apple juice too so between the pineapple and the apple and the apple cider vinegar and the ketchup and the brown sugar and the barbecue we got a great sweet and sour brisket it came out incredible so try it sometime take your barbecue sauce if you're going to do your brisket right and mix it with ketchup and pineapple juice and brown sugar and a little apple cider vinegar and adjust the seasoning to your liking and then cook the brisket first pour apple juice in the pan and then after a couple of hours when you're kind of rendering the fat then add your pineapple sweet and sour sauce your sauce the new yorker says anyway it came out spectacular i was so proud of it and we made this beautiful caribbean rice We sauteed a ton of onions and a ton of celery, all finely diced, and sauteed the rice, the raw rice. And we got a big old pot of vegetable stock and added a couple of cans of coconut milk. Now, I wasn't there for this either. I just had to give directions. But Manuelito followed them flawlessly with the help of Jeremiah, who made the killer seasoning mix. He made a great jerk seasoning mix. And so... After the rice was sautéed, we put it in baking pans, Manuelito did, poured the stock mixed with the coconut milk over it and the jerk seasoning mix. But the only thing is we didn't didn't, uh, add cinnamon and cayenne. We wanted to keep it a little mellow. Anyway, baked it and separately sautéed red beans. And when the rice was cooked, mixed the red beans in. And we got this gorgeous Caribbean red beans and rice. I just had a little bit for dinner. And because my staff brought some leftovers back to the kitchen and my girlfriend Lila, because she loves me, brought the leftovers to me and waited in the lobby 20 feet away while I came down and got it. Anyway, so I had some of that sweet and sour brisket with some red beans and rice for dinner. I don't really have my appetite back yet, but that was the first time 
I felt I wanted to eat something, like a craving, in about four days. So it was nice to get my appetite back. I guess that means I'm getting better. But I was enjoying losing a little bit of weight, and now I feel like eating again. So uh, we'll see. Lots of chazarai. Anyway, so the moral of this story is if you want people to step up, stop micromanaging them. I'm telling this to myself. I'm not telling this to you. Give them a chance to step up. Try to have faith. And if they screw up, you know, they screw up. But people make mistakes. You know, give them another chance, you know. I mean, I, I was really, it was really heartwarming to see what happened this week. And also, just remember, like I've been saying for a while, that life is short. You know, crazy things can happen in a second. You know, Lila and I went out to this Indian restaurant we love couple of weeks ago. I didn't tell you the story. Actually, I've forgotten to tell most people this story, but we were sitting outside and there was a couple on another booth outside and these outdoor booths where cars could kind of drive by and a car drove by very slowly and I heard this noise, like a strange noise, almost like a I don't know. It's like a like a. It sounded like a some kind of a screechy weapon kind of a noise. I can't quite describe it. But then all of a sudden, the other couple, um, the guy starts reacting like he goes. He goes. They're shooting at us. I said, "What?" Well, and Lila looked, and in fact, they were shooting at us, but not with a real gun. Thank God. It was some rotten jerk. Can I say a? and then whole. I could say that, right? I didn't fill it in. I think you can say that A, A for apple, and whole for whole in one. There, I'm sure I'm allowed to say that, but you know what I mean. Total jerk, right? He had a a pellet gun, and I don't know if he was just a troublemaker, or if he just resented the fact that we were outside having Indian food, or if he was just an A for apple, hole in one, you know, or all of the above. But he was shooting at us with this pellet gun. And the guy was a big, strong guy. He got actually hit in the face. He wasn't hurt, but he was really furious. He went chasing after them, but they got away. He came back, and I, it happened so fast. And we all talked about it. And I said, you know, the crazy thing was it happened so fast. And if that had been a real gun we would all be dead, or maybe one of us, or two of us, or four of us, who knows? And life can be so scary, it can change just like that. I couldn't quite stop thinking about it for the rest of the night. Lila and I talked about it. She knew that it was a toy gun because she saw it, but it still, in fact, was shooting pellets, and you still could get hurt. But what if it wasn't a toy gun? Anyway, it just got me thinking the whole night. First of all, what's wrong with people to do something like that? You know, there's a special place in hell for that guy, for the A for Apple hole-in-one guy. You like the way I did that? I'm proud of myself for that. But also, it makes you think about life. Your life can change in a second. You know, a car goes off a curb, an A for Apple hole-in-one crosses your path. I mean, who knows? So you've really got to live your life. Don't postpone it. Don't postpone anything. Just follow your dreams. Follow your heart. Share love and kindness and goodness and decency. And just be a mensch for crying out loud. You know what I mean? Be a mensch. Meanwhile, 
There's a lot of people screaming and yelling outside, and at first I thought someone was getting mugged, but in fact it's a football game, I think. So something exciting must have happened. I don't know if you can hear it, but I can. So add a little pineapple juice and ketchup and brown sugar to your barbecue sauce. Trust me, it's a good thing. And you don't have to do it on brisket. You could do it on chicken. You could do it on tofu. Just do something exciting. This is Rossi for Raging and Eating, talking to you with COVID. Do I sound a little nasally? Maybe. Whatever. Food is love. And so are you.